Stand to your feet, everybody. That was awesome. Give our team a God bless you. Next level. Amen. I wonder if anybody in the room feels like you're made for more. Let me hear from you if you feel like you're made for more. Now, I want to tell you, there are times and seasons when I've looked around in my life and I've said, man, there's got to be more than this. How many of you have ever been there when you just evaluate your situation and you say there must be more? And I found out when I think there ought to be more, there ought to be more. It's God's way of saying to me, Jim Rayleigh, I didn't make you to settle. I made you for more. And I'm ready to preach today and help somebody who's made for more to experience more. Make a little noise if you're ready this morning. I want to hang my hat again at Luke chapter 5. Such an incredible early service. I couldn't wait for you to get here because I knew that you're going to receive this good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So here we go, Luke 5, 1. Live streamers, follow along with me. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Who's believing for net-breaking blessings to get in your life? So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them, and they, and they came and filled both the boats, so they began to sink. And when Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they, which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Listen, I love it when you shout, and you may shout a little bit today, but I'm not here to teach you how to shout. I'm here to teach you how to live. How many of you want five keys that will unlock more in your life? I believe I have a download from heaven. If you're ready to get in this anointing, I'm about to teach and preach and slip up both hands. Father, I thank you for a church that's hungry for your word. I pray that you will unlock the more that you want to manifest in our lives. Teach us according to your word. Have your way in Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord the ovation of the morning. Give him a shout. Before you sit down, tell your neighbor, I'm made for more. I'm made for more. Last week, we hung our hat here, and I need to do it for another week because I don't want to gloss over this text. I want to drain it. This is a familiar story here in the Word of God. Peter is fishing all night long, and, and bear in mind now, remember, he has caught nothing. Peter is not some fly-by-night fisherman. He's not a weekend warrior. He, he's not a guy that just fishes for fun. Peter is a professional fisherman. He did this for a living. It was his profession. He had the most knowledge, y'all. He had a good boat and probably the best nets. But here he is 
and all the stuff that he had used before in the past that had provided the results that he was looking for are now producing nothing. It wasn't like he wasn't working. It wasn't like he wasn't faithful. He had fished all night. It isn't like he didn't know how to fish. This is what he did. He made his living fishing. It wasn't even as if he didn't have the right equipment. He had a great boat and a net, and he had wonderful friends and partners that he fished with, but still, he had caught nothing. I want you to note a couple things here. There are times, y'all, when it seems we work harder than ever before, but we produce nothing. Is that not the epitome of frustration? To work hard, and I mean really hard, to give your heart and everything you can to it and wind up with nothing to show for it, knowing that there should be more, but there's just not more. Peter's here. He's in this dilemma. He, he's worked hard, and all he has to show for it is empty nets. And sometimes it seems like life offers us empty nets. We toil and we work expecting more, but all we find is empty nets. We, we work as hard as we can, but we come up empty. Have you ever come up empty? Empty in your relationships, empty in your business, empty with your family, empty emotionally. You've given your best, but you're empty in your desires. And here Peter is, he's dealing with the empty net syndrome. He, he's working, but it's not working. He's working, but it's not providing. And on top of all that, what had worked for him before is not working for him now. What do you do when what has worked for you ain't working anymore? What do you do when what used to work doesn't work anymore? It's a frustrating thing, isn't it? When the thing that used to work stops working and seasons when, when all your working isn't working and it stops working and, and you're still busy, but, but watch this, don't mistake busyness for productivity because you're busy but nothing's happening. You're busy but you're not producing and here Peter is, if you'll, you, if you'll be honest, you, you've been just like him he's in this dilemma I'm working but it's not working I'm, 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 I'm doing what I think I should do to experience more but I'm not experience I'm not experiencing more and bear in mind Peter is a pro Peter is a professional but he needed a comeback he, he needed God to move and and it makes me just know this reality that that no matter how great you are and how wonderful you are at what you do even superstars strike out sometimes even the very best of us struggle, and Peter is in this time of frustration and failure. He's experiencing a setback. He's failing. He's not seeing what he wants to see, but what I love about this text is here he is, frustrated and failing and washing his nets, and guess who shows up? Jesus walks right into his failure. Aren't you glad that you serve a Jesus who is not intimidated by your setbacks? Aren't you glad that you serve a Jesus who doesn't get jacked up when you mess up? 
Aren't you glad that you serve a Jesus who doesn't get bent when you're not seeing the breakthrough that you want to see? I'm thankful for a Jesus that will show right up in my trouble. He'll show right up in my tears. He'll show right up in my frustrations. And from this text, I want to unpack five critical things, five keys to unlocking the more in your life. Make a little bit of noise if you're ready for more. Come on. The Bible says in Luke 5, 2, that they were washing their nets. And, and when they were washing their nets, in essence, they were giving up. They were throwing in the towel. They were admitting defeat. They said, this is it. It's not going to happen for us. And this brings us to the first key point in this message. Number one, as long as Jesus is with you, it's always too soon to give up. Yeah, 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 yeah. As long as Jesus shows up, it's always too soon to give up. Here Peter is. He's given up. He's admitting in defeat. In his mind, it's over. There would be no more fishing that day. It's over. There would be no more success. He wouldn't see what he wanted to see. It's over. But one of the things you must develop, one of the things that you must have in your life to possess all that God has for you to possess is something called tenacity. Tenacity is the key to more because nothing will sabotage your ability to experience more as will quitting. Sometimes you got to say, I'm not seeing it yet, but still I'm not going to quit. Hallelujah. Is there anybody here today that you've made up your mind that you're not quitting, you're not giving up, but you're going to persevere? Now, the word perseverance is a very powerful word. It literally means this, to continue in pursuit and persistence. It means to refuse to quit. And somebody on your row has that mentality. I ain't seen it, but I'm not going to quit. My family's not saved, but I'm not going to quit. I haven't seen what I want to see yet, but I'm not going to quit. I haven't seen my financial breakthrough, but I'm not going to quit. I haven't seen the door open, but I'm not going to quit. My nets are empty, but I'm not going to to quit. I don't have all I need in my bank account, but I'm not going to quit. Is there anybody that came to church today and you are not going to quit? Can I get a witness in the house? See, the Bible says in Galatians, it says, don't grow weary while doing good. Can I just quote it from the text that I love to quote it from? Don't grow weary in, in, while doing good, for in due season you will reap if you faint, if you, if you do not lose heart. One translation said, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. And you know what? There's been a lot of fainting, but your neighbor and you, you're not going to faint. You're not going to quit. You're not going to give up because there is a due season coming. There is something called due process and due season. We want to get straight to due season without the due process. We want the reward without the process. But right now you're in due process, but you're about to step into due, due season. Mm. Due season means the right time. It means the fullness of time. It means the scheduled time. It literally means the appointment that is preset predetermined. It's a prerequisite. It's set. It's written down. It's down in heaven. Do not quit. Even if you've experienced uh, things that have tried to discourage you and you haven't possessed your promise yet, 
don't quit. Your setback may seem significant, but don't quit. The Bible says in due season, somebody say due season. It means I have an appointment. See, you're made for more miracle is right on schedule. Somebody has an appointment with a new dimension. Somebody has a new, an appointment with a new anointing. Somebody has an appointment with the promise of God. It's not a matter of money. It's not a matter of resource. It's not a matter of giftedness. It's not a matter of ability. It's not a matter of what you know. It's not even a matter of who you know. It's one thing. It's a matter of time. Tell your neighbor it's just a matter of time. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if there's anybody here who has an appointment with the next level. You have an appointment to see your children saved. You have an appointment to see a turnaround. You have an appointment with a miracle. It hasn't happened yet, but I have an appointment. There is a due season coming in my life. I don't know when it's going to get here, but I'm walking the process. This is due process to my due season. I got to go through it to get through it. I got to go through it to get through it so when I get through it, I can get to it. Hallelujah. I dare somebody right now, if you're believing God that you have an appointment, give him a praise in this room. You have an appointment with every promise of God if you refuse to get weary, if you refuse to quit. Even if you, like Peter, have experienced frustration, don't give up. You were made for more. Tell your neighbor, I was made for more. Not only am I made for more, I am made for this moment. This moment may not be everything I want it to be, but I am made for this moment. This moment did not surprise God. He showed up in this moment. I am made for this moment. Hallelujah. The next key is number two. You got to make everything you have available to the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, now check it out. This is critical because if you want to know true success in God, you got to make everything. Somebody say everything. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Not just everything, everything. Come on, can I get a witness? Everything. Tell your neighbor, everything. Where's the country folk at? Everything. I mean everything. All of it. Every bit of it. Every Y'all don't make I See, I'm country. I just never know when it's going to hit. Every slap, dab, little bit of it. Come on, the grits and the gravy. Can I get a witness? You've got to make it all available to him. The high, the low, the up, the down, the weak, the strong, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, everything available to God. I'll make it all available to you. My past, my present, and my future. Whatever it is, I'll make it all available to you. Even when I messed up, it's yours, God. Even when I jacked it up, it's yours, God. Even when I was washing my nets, it's yours, God. Even when I felt like quitting, it's yours, God. Because you said in your word in Romans 8, 28, uh, that all things work together for the good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So you're going to work it all out. I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're going to do it. You're going to make it cooperate. There's a recipe. I don't understand it, but I'm going to follow it because you go. Make it all available. Tell your neighbor he wants it all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Make it all available to Jesus. Make it all available. All of it. See, the Bible says, then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes, check it out now, from the boat. Peter secured the more in that moment in his life when he made what he had available to Jesus. On that day, everything about that boat and about the nets represented failure and setback. And what do you do 
when what used to symbolize success to you now looks like failure. Oh, Jesus. My God. When the thing you wrote to your success isn't working anymore, what do you do? You got to do what Peter did. You got to get Jesus on board. Tell your neighbor, get Jesus on board. Jesus stepped right up on to Peter's failure. That thing that symbolized failure, Jesus got right up on it. And he, and, he, and he used it to teach the multitudes. I want you to understand something the devil does not want you to know. Jesus will waste nothing. Tell your neighbor he wastes nothing. He wastes nothing. He uses everything. He uses your failures. He uses your success. He uses the times when you missed it. And he uses the times when you made it. He used what symbolized Peter's failure as a teaching tool. He said, I'm going to use this to teach from it. And Jesus will take our failures and our frustrations and transform them into tools of teaching. Oh, can I preach to somebody today? See, there are some of you, the enemy has told you that your failures now limit you. Your failures are the things that are going to keep you out of God's best for your life, and you'll never see it. But here's what I need to tell you. Jesus will transform even your failure, even your frustration, even your broken heart, even that thing that you were believing for that you didn't see manifest, even though you didn't see it, even though you didn't see it. God said, I'm going to take it. I'm not going to waste it. I'm going to use it and I'm going to teach you what you do not know. I'm going to show you that when I get on board, all things are possible. I dare somebody right now, if you're going to let him teach you with it, give him a praise in this room. Oh, hell is upset. Hell is mad because hell thought you would quit. Hell thought you would doubt God. Hell thought you would give up. Hell thought you would walk out. But all this taught me to do was to say, God, I still trust you. That you will show up in my mess. I'm learning. Tell your neighbor, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. Don't judge me yet. I'm learning. Don't talk about me. I'm learning. Don't say nothing about me. I'm learning. I know I got some issues, but I'm learning. I know I'm struggling, but I'm learning. Now here's the question. Have you ever learned anything from failure? Have you ever learned a good thing from a bad season? Mm. I challenge you, make everything you have available to Jesus, everything, and he'll turn your polluted past into a powerful praise. He'll, he'll turn your family breakdown into a family breakthrough. He'll turn your perplexing promises, your perplexing problems into his powerful promises, even if you failed. Uh, you got to make it available to Jesus. Peter could have been griping. Peter could have been grumpy because y'all know he was emotional. Come on, he cuss a little bit. Y'all ain't saying nothing. He'll cut your ear off if you cross him. Where's the real people at? He was emotional. He, he could have said, no, thank you. He could have said, uh-uh, no, thank you. But he made what he had available to Jesus. The presence of Jesus made the difference. He, he didn't understand why he was going through what he was going through. But the presence of the Lord made him able to be able to handle it. Understand this. Peter's boat represented his livelihood. And when Jesus asked for it. Christ was using Peter's business. Mm. 
as a platform of ministry. Ah, Jesus. See, see, we want him just on Sunday, but Jesus is so big, he said, I'll get all up in your week, and I'll use your job and your business and the very vocation that you're in as a platform for ministry. Listen to me. Here's what the enemy doesn't want you to know. When you make God's business your business, he will make your business his business. Hallelujah. Ah, ah, ah. Now, I want him to make my business his business. See, some people just want him on Sunday. We just want to see him manifest on Sunday. But I want him with me 24-7. I want him with me every day of the week. I want him to make my business his business. That way, when I get that promotion, I'll look at the boss and say, thank you, but look what the Lord has done. When I get that contract, they'll hear me say, hallelujah. When I get that breakthrough, I'll say, well, praise the name of Jesus. Because I don't have a relationship with God that is contained in these four walls with a few thousand people on a Sunday morning but I got something deep down inside of me that goes outside of this room and my business is his business and his business is my business make everything you have a platform to, to feature Jesus and expect success make a little noise if you're expecting success Nothing has greater influence on your ability in the next season to have more than making everything you have available to him. Let me ask you, is your business available to him? Uh, have you made room for him? Are you saying, God, I want you every day, everywhere? See, too often we try to separate the secular from the spiritual. But, but, but when we invite God into every part of our lives, we realize we are made for more. Hallelujah. God wants your, your more to affect more than just your church life. He wants to get in your whole life. He wants to bless your whole life. See, here's what you've got to understand. Your made for more season is about you, but it's not all about you. Tell your neighbor, it's about you. Come on, holler at him and say, it's about you, but it's not all about you. Yeah, yeah. See, because when Peter used his boat for the purposes of Jesus, Jesus used it to bless others. Your more from God will always involve blessing others. I wonder if there's anybody at church today. You are a candidate. Say, God, any way you bless me, if you'll bless me, the more I'll bless people around me. Don't, don't, don't just bless me. Bless me so much that my nets will break if I don't start blessing somebody else. Bless me so much that my boat will sink if I don't start blessing somebody else. Put me in a position where I have to testify. Put me in a situation where I have to magnify your name. Put me in a situation where I have to give my tithe, where I have to sow to the building fund. Put me in a place where I can't help myself, but I gotta give to me. Bless me, Lord. Any way you bless me is all right with me. Bless me beyond myself. I need somebody to give him a ridiculous praise if you're ready for that kind of more. You got to put God first. 
Watch this. After Christ used the boat for his purpose, God took care of Peter in abundance. And I believe in this principle with all my heart. Matthew 6, 33. It's a very familiar text, but it says, seek first. She said, I'm sowing into this word. That's all right. She, she, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. I believe in this principle. And so you're saying, Pastor, does that mean if I put my whole life in Christ and I, and I put my all in him that he will bless it all? Yes. That's exactly what it means. Tell your neighbor he will bless it all. He will bless it all. Put everything in his hands. He will bless it all. He will bless it all. I want him to bless it all. I don't want just part of his blessing. I want him to bless it all. Hallelujah. Number three, here's what you've got to do. You've got to cooperate with God's plan. Now, this is big. This is titanical. Is that a word? If it's not, I just made it up. Come on. That's when you know you're smart, when you can make up your own words. This is gigantical, humongous, titanical. Come on, somebody. Y'all know those, those preachers that make up words. <laughs> They're talking about here, stand to your feet. This is a metacrational moment. What is metacrational? Come on. <laughs> this is big. This is gigantic. But it's nevertheless true. You've got to cooperate with God's plan. In order to experience more, you're going to be required to cooperate with God's plan. You've got to do it his way. When he had stopped speaking, the Bible said in Luke 5, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. He didn't just say you go going fishing. He said you go going catching. Some of y'all been going fishing, but it is time to go catching. I don't want to just go fishing. I want to go catching. He said you was fishing the night before. He said now you're going to go catching. In other words, he said, Peter, do what I tell you to do and something is about to happen. Something is about to happen. Do what I tell you to do, Peter, and something is about to happen. Uh, something is about to happen. It didn't work last night, but something is about to happen. You've been washing your nets, but something is about about to happen you didn't see what you wanted to see but something is about to happen you've been struggling emotionally but something is about to happen you've been fighting off depression but something is about to happen you've been dealing with issues but something is about to happen your family ain't saved but something is about to happen you're not seeing the breakthrough yet but something is about to happen the door ain't open yet but something is about to happen people are talking about you but something is about to happen People have given up on you, but something is about to happen. You're ready to wash your nets, but something is about to happen. I prophesy something is about to happen. I declare that something is about to happen. Touch somebody and say something is about to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to make a way. This is the wrong time for fishing. Every third, everything says no, but something is about to happen. I need somebody that believes something is about to happen. Give God a praise right now. Throw up your hands. I declare in the mighty name of Jesus, something is about to happen as you cooperate with God's plan. Put your hand on your chest and say, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but something is about 
hallelujah. Whatever you do, do it with Jesus. I said, whatever you do, do it with Jesus. If I'm going to fail, i got to have Jesus with me because only he can help me succeed after I fail. If I'm going to succeed, i got to have somebody to give glory to because I can't do a big thing without a big God on my side. Do it with Jesus. They fished with him on board. They honored his decisions. They followed his instructions. So if you want to do what God said, if you want to see what God said, you must do what God says. Hear me. We must fully obey and cooperate with God's plans for our lives. And Jesus is a carpenter telling professional fishermen how to fish. But when they obeyed the voice of the Lord, that's when they saw success. Somebody's getting ready to succeed. Okay, I got about 100 people out of this big crowd. I said, somebody is going to see success in the next season of your life. Somebody is going to do what matters. You're going to see success. And I tell you, I love that Peter, I love that Peter went out in faith and he did what the Lord said because understand this, God does not sponsor flops. Prepare for success. You were made for more. I love that Peter didn't look at the Lord and say, are you sure? Are you sure we want to do that? What happened was I was fishing last night. And it didn't work out. I'm so glad that Peter didn't say, who are you to tell me how to fish? Don't you know I'm a fisherman? I'm so glad that Peter didn't say, you stick with preaching and I'll do the fishing. No, Peter did what Jesus said and he did not hesitate. Don't hesitate to do what Jesus says. It is your key for more. Peter might have thought, I, I didn't catch anything last night. How in the world am I going to catch something with the sun beating down on the water, fishing in the deep water? But you know what Peter did? He obeyed the Lord. And, and every made-for-more miracle breakthrough will require you to obey the Lord. He refused to be governed by anything other than the voice of Jesus. There comes a point in your life when you have to be ref you have to refuse to be governed by your situation governed by your emotions or your frustrations be governed by the voice of Jesus be governed by the word of the Lord. He, see, he didn't, he didn't listen because he was, he was feeling bad. He listened because he wanted to obey the voice of the Lord. He, he, he listened and he didn't tell the Lord how he felt. I'm sure he felt tired, dog tired. I'm sure he felt doubtful. I'm sure he felt dejected. I'm sure he felt depressed. Have you ever been there where everything seems to be going wrong, but he saw his more materializing because he was willing to to rise above how he felt it didn't work last night it hadn't been working but he had to come to a place where he rose above how he felt sometimes your feelings will rob you of the next level hear me are you willing to rise above your feelings in order to experience the more God has for you are you willing to do it are you willing to do it refuse to go on your feelings go on his word tell your neighbor don't go on your feelings go on 
on his word. Go on his word. What did he say? That's my question to you. What did he say about your children? What did he say about your next level? What did he say about your ministry? What did he say about your job? What did he say about your business? I didn't ask you how you felt. I asked you what did he say? I didn't ask you what you're seeing. I asked you what did he say? I didn't ask you what other people are saying. I asked you what did he say? How many of you can say preacher I will go on what he said if that's you give the Lord a praise push your name and say what did he say what did he say did he promise one of your children or all of them did he promise two of your children or all of them did he promise you that you would own a home or rent an apartment did he promise you a new ministry did he promise you a new anointing did he promise you a breakthrough what did he say somebody give god praise if you're gonna go on what he said Tell somebody I may not be feeling it, but I'm going to go on what he said. I may not be seeing it, but I'm going to go on what he said. It may not be meant manifested, but I will go on what he said. You ain't all in till you're all in. You ain't all in till you're all in. It's easy to be all in when you're getting what you want, but sometimes you got to say, God, I'm all in. Push somebody and say, I'm all in. See, the fourth thing he was told, the Lord looked at him and said, launch out into the deep. See, many believers never make it to the deep. They never experience more. You know why? Because they live in the shallow. They don't worship. And they say, I don't worship because I'm deep. No, you don't worship because you're shallow. I don't worship because I'm not emotional. No, you don't worship because you're afraid to go deep. I'm not saying everybody has to act the same way. I know this is unpopular. This is this 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 is this is not seeker friendly doctrine. Come on, somebody. This is this is not user friendly church. When you tell somebody you ought to worship God, but listen, when you think about the goodness of Jesus and everything that He has done for you, how can you not worship El Shaddai? How can you not praise El Royal? I'm not saying you got to run around the building, but how can you not clap your hands? How can you not lift him up? How can you not lift your hands? How can you not lay before him? How can you not worship him? How can you not worship wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, Yahweh Rapha, Yahweh Tiskadu? How can you not worship El Shaddai more than enough? How can you not worship Isaiah's prince of peace, Isaac's ram, Job's redeemer, Abraham's seed, the seed of the woman? How can you not worship the one that called Lazarus out of the grave? How can you not worship the savior, the healer, the captain of the host? How can you not worship the way up, the way out, the way in? But I'm just too deep. Yes, you ain't deep, baby. You're shallow. Somebody needs to step in and say, let me worship the one who can make a way out of nothing. Hallelujah. You're made for more miracle. Doesn't live in the shallow place. It lives in the deep place. And here's the deal. Mm, here's what the enemy does not want you to know. Is this all right? The enemy does not want you to know that it is actually your greatest problem that will lead you to your deepest place. Y'all don't make me throw my microphone. Tell your neighbor, my greatest problem leads me to my deepest place. 
Yeah, yeah, it's not when everything is going right that I get deep. It's not when everything is unchallenged that I get deep, but when they talk about me, when they say I can't do it, when they say I won't see it, when I say, when I don't get the job, when the door doesn't open up, but I say, God, I don't understand it, but I'm launching out into the deep. It's the wrong time. It's the wrong season. It shouldn't even happen. It's the middle of the day. It's hot up in here, but I'm stepping out and saying, God, I ain't giving up until I see what you said. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Time to go deep. So here's what you got to do. You got to think deep, believe deep, confess deep, go deep, and experience more. Put your hand on your chest. Come on, say this. Say, I'm thinking deep. I believe deep. I confess deep. And I go deep. Say it again. I think deep. I believe deep. I confess deep. And I go deep. And I will experience more. Give him praise if that's you today. Give him praise. Peter says to him in Luke 5, 5, you want me to launch out in the deep? I ain't caught anything, but nevertheless, at your word. In other words, because you say so. Sometimes you do what God said just because he said so. Sometimes you praise him just because he said to praise him, not because you're feeling it. Sometimes you stay at it just because he said to stay at it. Because, because Lord, because you say so, I'm going to do it. And he did what I got to do, what you got to do. We got to remain faithful and just do what he says. And here's number five, and this is maybe the most powerful point. You need to get deep down in your spirit. Number five, you need to anticipate God's promises to work in your life. You need to believe that they will work in your life. Do not settle. You are made for more. Stop expecting defeat and start expecting victory. Tell your neighbors, say, the promises of God will work in my life. Yeah, now tell yourself, say, self, the promises of God are going to work in your life. If you believe that, give God a praise in here. I don't know what you're expecting, but I'm expecting results. I'm expecting a new season. I'm expecting victory. The Bible said it came so strongly that it blessed them more than what they could handle. The Bible said when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. And then the seventh verse says they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come up and help them. And they came and filled both nets. So they began to sink. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for net breaking boat sinking breakthrough I'm ready for net breaking boat sinking breakthrough I will not quit listen you need to believe God to bless you so much that you don't have to worry you don't have to live in anxiety somebody's getting ready for a comeback somebody's getting ready for a comeback Everything God said to you is going to come to pass. You've been listening. You've been worried. But listen, God's word will work in your life. Say it. Say, God's word works in my life. If Jesus can do it, you can do it. If Jesus says you can do it, you can do it. Even if you feel like Peter, even if you feel like a failure, even if you feel like you're falling and coming up short with empty nets, I would say don't give up. Somebody say try again. 
It's time to try again. It's time to try again. You are made for more. The Bible says for a righteous man may fall seven times, but on the eighth time he will rise again. But the wicked shall fall by calamity. The enemy thinks you're going to quit. The enemy thinks you're going to give up. You've been washing the nets on your future. You've been washing the nets on your destiny. You've been believing God and you ain't seen nothing. And the devil's got you down. But I need to tell you, you are not a quitter. Anybody can quit, but you are not a quitter. Anybody can give up, but you are not a quitter. And it seems like the enemy is doing everything he can to beat you down. It seems like everything about you is not working in this seat. It seems like you are not seeing what you want to see. You fail once, twice, four, five, six. But the Bible said a good man will fall seven times, but he will get back up again. Somebody's ready to get back up again. It ain't over. Tell your neighbor it ain't over. It ain't over. It ain't over. The enemy has pushed you down. The enemy, you've seen some breakthrough here and there. But you've been in a season where hell has stood on you. Hell has tried to block you. The enemy has tried to steal your praise. The enemy has tried to get you to wash your nets. Give up on your children. Give up on your ministry. Give up on what God promised. It's time to wash the nets. It's time to go home. It's time to call it a day. God can't do what he said he would do. God won't keep his promise and you feel like giving up. But let me tell you what's about to happen. You're about to rise again. There is something inside of you this morning that said I may have fallen. I may be washing my nets, but I'm coming back up. Tell your neighbor I'm coming back up. And I ain't coming up defeated. And I ain't coming up doubtful. And I ain't coming up full of drama. But when I rise this time, when I rise this time, when I come up this time, I will come up with my hands lifted up. I will come up with a shout in my mouth. I'm gonna be like the red man. I'm gonna have a smile on my face. I'm gonna say, God, you're worthy. I don't understand it, but I'm gonna praise you where I am. Tell your neighbor it ain't over. It ain't over. It ain't time to quit. It's not over. It's not time to give up. It's not over. You were made for more. You were made for more. Let me push him down one more time. I know I shouldn't because I wore this man out. But I got to push him down one more time. I got to push him down one more time. Because the truth is, some of y'all been trapped in a setback. But let me tell you, you were made for more. Push somebody and say, get ready to bounce back. 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 Touch three people and say, get ready to bounce back. Say, I'm about to bounce back. I'm not going to be depressed. I'm about to bounce back. Look at that same neighbor and shake him up. Shake him up now. Get a hold of somebody and shake him up. I feel 
excitement in this house. I feel breakthrough in this house. Get a hold of your neighbor and say, neighbor, say God is turning your setback into your comeback. Give God a praise. Come on, let's join the red man and let's give God a praise. One, two, three, shout unto God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't wash your nets, 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 don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. That boy is coming in, that child is coming in, that situation is shifting. It's not time to quit, it's time to rise up. Hallelujah. Hey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is doing it even now. God is turning somebody's setback into a comeback. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I tell you, I feel breakthrough all over this house. Feel breakthrough all over this house. Somebody say, I'm breaking through, I'm breaking through, I'm breaking through, I'm breaking through. It was in that moment that Peter found out I'm made for more. You're not a quitter. Look at me all the way in the back. You are not a quitter. In the balcony, you are not a quitter. My live stream, thousands of people, you are not a quitter. Mm. Mm. Despite what the enemy has said and what you might even be believing this morning, it's not over. Anybody can quit, you're not a quitter. Anybody can wash their nets. Who fishes in the middle of the day? I do. Why? He said so. Who believes when it seems impossible? I do. Why? He said so. Who believes when everything says no? I do. Why? He said so. Here's the key. Number one, as long as Jesus is with you, it's always too soon to give up. Number two, make everything you have available to the Lord, even if you don't like it. Hmm. Make it available to the Lord. Number three, cooperate with God's plan. I didn't ask you how you felt. I asked you what he said. I didn't ask you what you're seeing. I asked you what he said. Number four, launch out into the deep. Sometimes it is our problem that moves us to the deep. Number five, begin to anticipate God's promises to work in your life. Don't go on your feelings. Go on what God said. You are made for more. Who have I been preaching to today? Who have I been preaching to? 
Once you bounce back, can't nothing stop you. Raise your hands. I declare that you are bouncing back. I declare that you're not going to stay trapped in that season. Every promise of God is yes and amen. I decree it and declare it over your life. You are made for more. Made for more. Raise your hands. I, 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 I rebuke the spirit of depression. Come on out here, John. Anxiety, fear, worry. I rebuke every spirit of anxiety off of you, concern about the future. I rebuke it. Being messed up because of what you're not seeing. Hold your hands up. I rebuke it off of you. I tear it off of you in Jesus' name. I tear it off of you in the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Feelings of hopelessness, I rebuke it. Feelings of giving up on your family. Come on, that son's still acting crazy. I rebuke every attack off that son, and I rebuke every attack off of you, mother. Off of you, dad. I rebuke poverty out of your life right now. Don't even live paycheck to paycheck, living day to day. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. You're made for more. I, 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 I rebuke anxiety and worry and fear over your future. Hold up your hands. I rebuke it off of you right now. Confidence. Confidence about tomorrow. Peace about tomorrow. Mm. Mm. He touched me. Oh. He touched me. Sing back. that floods my soul something happened and now I know he touched me and made me sing it one more time John sing it one more time son Oh, he touched me. Somebody raise your hands and declare it. Oh, he touched me. That's why I can't give up. That's why I can't quit. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Oh, something, something happened. And now I. me and made me he made me whole sing it again everybody come on oh he touched me he's touching somebody right now he's touching somebody oh, right now oh he touched me and oh the joy that floods my soul hallelujah
you're in this room right now with heads bowed and eyes closed and you're not where you need to be with God, if there's things that alienate you and separate you from him, and you would say, preacher, when you pray, pray for me. If that's you, when I count to three, raise your hands. Are you ready? One, two, three. Slip your hand up right now. I'm not ready to be with the Lord. Hands across the room. I want you to take your hand and put it on your heart right now. Everybody pray this prayer after me loud and strong. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, please forgive me for all my sins. Take my heart. Wash it clean in your precious blood. I receive you now as Lord and Savior. I'll never be the same. 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 Your promises work in my life. I'm going to do something different today. If you want me to lay hands on you and you want me to believe for you to have a breakthrough, I want you to get up here right now. If you want that, I want you to come up here right now. If you feel like this word was for you, come on, I want you to get up here right now. Here's what I'm going to do. Pastor Don, I want you to head on back to the back, honey, and I want you to meet all of our special guests. But I want you guys to spread right across the front. I want you to spread right across the front. Hallelujah. And I'm going to take some time, and I'm going to minister to people in the altars today. Hallelujah. And if you want to go, you can go. And if you want to stay, you can stay. Tonight, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have young adults. And young adults will be, where you at, Pastor Josh? What, what time will young adults be? 7 o'clock. I want the young adults to come tonight. If you want to come, where's that? Where's it at, Pastor Josh? In the Limitless Cafe across the street and upstairs. How many of you feel like that was a word for you today? I'm just going to take some time, and I'm going to have my staff join me. We're going to worship. We're going to sing. If you want to stay, you can stay. If you want to go, you can go. But before you leave, raise your hands and declare this. Say the promises of God work in my life I'm made for more amen sing pastor John let's pray Miss 